0: I will say, though, this and five-year engagement both have this weird idea that being a professor means you do, like, flashy little gimmicks at the beginning of the first day of class. (laughs) That I I don't—can that myth just, like, die? That's not what being a professor means. (laughs)
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 511 with a review of Crazy Rich Asians. I'm Christopher Schnazy.
0: And I'm Stephen Miller. And if
1: you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, this week, we will be arguing about a film that is coming to theater near you, but before that, I want to go back to a review from last week. Um, last week, uh, we put out a review of the film uh, Black Klansmen. Um, in that review, I made a statement uh, based on some knowledge that I had from a thing that I read on the internet, um, which was an article. And uh, turns out some of that information may not have been factual. Um, so I wanted to clear that up before getting into this review. Um, last week, I mentioned that uh, Spike Lee had finished filming Black Klansmen before the events of Charlottesville. And uh, that is not correct. However, I was quoting a Vox piece that was written... Following uh, the premiere of this film, uh, Black Klansmen, at Cannes, and uh, there was—did oh, some... you say Cannes? <laughs> yes, I, I, was, can. I was there. Stephen was there. Um, I was quoting an article that Stephen wrote. No, I was kidding. Um, but yeah, there was a Vox article that was written back when this premiered at Cannes, um, and I guess he had at the time uh, misspoken in a press interview. And uh, he later cleared that up in subsequent interviews when the film actually came out. Um, And there's even – there's a clip of him on, like, Seth Meyers or something, like, uh, saying, like, oh, yeah, no, I misspoke back then. like, I knew before filming started that we wanted this event to be the ending of the film because it did happen before filming began. Cheryl's
0: happened August 12th, Mm -hmm. three days ago. We didn't start shooting until September. Okay, so – I got it mixed up in can. Okay,
1: gotcha. But but we started – we started it, and it was crazy in Canada. <laughs> so, so just to clear that up, uh, I, I I still stick by the rest of what I was saying in that episode. Um, the, the
0: notion that the idea of the film came together without being necessarily informed by this.
1: Uh, well, just just that the idea that like I I didn't understand the way that the KKK members were being portrayed. I felt that it was too comedic to have um, the resonance that like I hoped it would. Um, And, and just that the idea that um, if you take away the ending from the film, I don't understand the reason for portraying them that way. Um, So I, I I kind of still stick by that opinion on just being confused why they're portrayed comedically instead of being like the legitimate, like scary thing that they are. Um, And that without that ending, that comedic take doesn't, I, I just didn't sit with me. I didn't understand the decision to do that.
0: Um, you know, one thing I didn't think of when we were talking about it before, but we don't have to unpack it now. But don't you think the modern day idea that they're all dumb and bumbling and therefore shouldn't be taken seriously is kind of like relevant? Like maybe the biggest threat is like the bumbling people that you don't want to take seriously. Well,
1: but yeah, but there I mean – could be I, a comment there. But I agreed. Um, but I think they're – maybe bumbling in a different way mm. that they yeah they just, just say that like agreed they might not be the brightest of people <laughs> but i think that they're not comedically bumbling they're just frighteningly bumbling mm-hmm. and then i thought it was just the way the film handled it and i used the knowledge of that article as part of the evidence to back up my point i still stand behind the point that i was making whether that's like whether i was uh, whether there's a validity to my statement or not um, you can decide for yourself but just take away the the knowledge that of the order of which the events took place um out of my point and then i'll, I'll stand by everything else i said but just i thought it. would thought it was worth bringing up and correcting myself because there are a ton of articles out there now where he speaks the correct order yeah, of, lots of, of people, which people are saying
0: that chris is wrong vox <laughs> is the enemy that people wish <laughs> hunt
1: uh, no but yeah just one of those unfortunate things where like i had done some reading and then i took that into the review and then it turned out I'd, my source was <laughs> several months old and yeah. uh was incorrect so uh, there you go <laughs> Woo. Now that that is out of the way, um, that what, was heavy. What, what do you say, Steve, when we get into this review of Crazy Rich Asians? Let's do it. All right. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for Crazy Rich Asians, and then we're going to come back and give you a review.
0: Rich, we've been dating for over a year now, and I think it's about time people met my beautiful girlfriend. What about us taking an adventure east?
1: Like Queens?
0: Singapore. Colin's wedding you want to be my family
1: i hardly know anything about them every time i bring them up it changes the subject maybe his parents
0: are poor and he has to send them money let will take a bag and get you checked into process nick we can't afford this so your family is rich we're comfortable that is exactly what a super rich person would say i want money 1.2 million That's- the Nick you're dating is Nick Young. Yeah, you guys know them or something? Hells yeah. They're just the biggest developers in all of Singapore. That's what I'm Damn, Rachel. It's like the Asian bachelor. These people aren't just rich. They're crazy rich. Now, you really should have told me that you're like the Prince William of Asia. That's ridiculous. Much more of a Harry. <laughs> Mom, this is Rachel Chu.
1: She just thinks you're some, like, unrefined banana. No, no, no.
0: Uh, those are your fingers.
1: Yellow on the outside, a white on the inside. Do
0: something crazy. <laughs>
1: I chose to raise a family. For me, it was a privilege. But for you, you may think it's old-fashioned.
0: Don't you want Nick to be happy?
1: I know you're not what Nick needs. She's like trying to play a game of chicken with me, thinking I'm going to swerve like a chicken. But you can't swerve. You're going to roll up and be like, Bok, bok, bitch. Okay, maybe like not as aggressive. I met a girl, I fell in love, and I want to marry her. You're Nicholas Young. You're untouchable. But Rachel's not.
0: Have you prepped Rachel to face the wolves? You know I'm back. Like I never left. I really admire you. It takes guts
1: coming all the way over here, facing Nick's family.
0: Another day, another breath.
1: I know this much. You will never be
0: enough. Yo, it's about time. Someone stood up to Auntie Eleanor. Well, you, not me. Oh god. She can't know I was over here. I feel glad! Since I can remember, my family has been my whole life. Rachel. Rachel. If Nick chose me, he would lose his family. And if he chose his family, he might spend the rest of his life resenting you. You nasty. You kinda of nasty. You got nastier. Uh-huh. Love you, love you.
1: All right. So that was the trailer for Crazy Rich Asians, uh, based on the book of the same name. Uh, It is about a young woman and her boyfriend. They are going to take a trip back um, to Singapore for um, her boyfriend's uh, best friend's wedding. And in the process, she is going to meet their family. Turns out the family is a very wealthy family from the area. And uh, she is sort of dealing with being thrust into the environment with them. And kind of trying to have to prove her worth to that family um, so that they don't look at her as the person who's trying to come in and destroy the life of their son. (laughs) Uh, Did I accurately sum up the the, kind of the gist of this film? Sure. (laughs) Uh, Stephen Miller, what did you think of this film?
0: All right. So you you know how like this year in particular, everybody loves Mamma Mia too because it's this like unabashedly bright, boisterous, kind of dumb Cheese ball thing <laughs> that just goes all out there. Sure. You see where I'm going with this? <laughs> uh so I have not yet seen the Mamma Mia movies. Carson, don't at me. I'm, I'm getting there. Um
1: Are you really gonna see the Mamma Mia movies? Sure,
0: why why not? Uh but so far, like I think this movie is kind of my Mamma Mia in that it's like a decadent, big, sometimes dumb spectacle where the plot doesn't really matter, but it's like a feel-good movie. It felt very like very much akin to like the '80s comedies or the nineties comedies where they're just like the big rom-coms with tons of side characters and elaborate plot pieces. And there's all the tropes that it goes into, right? There's like the montage of trying on the dresses trope. There's the race to the airport trope. There are the jokes that are kind of like hacky, like, like there's stuff in there that obviously is treading ground that we've seen before, but it, it's just done in like a very big over the top, spectacle way that i i was really vibing with it um so part of it is my personal memories so the the first international conference i ever went to was in singapore (laughs) and i remember like having the same moment that the uh the main character of rachel has when she's landing in singapore for the first time and like the skyline is insane there's like the marina bay sands on top of the giant skyscrapers that looks like a boat and there's the the merlion and there's all these like ridiculous rooftop bars and stuff and the street food scene feels like very boisterous and alive and it i just remembered the feeling of like being a little more naive and in awe of like how lavish and ridiculous a place that
1: was so quick quick question when when you were checking out the street food there did you do what they did and kind of get some of everything and yeah. sit down with a giant table of like because that was like i was like i want to eat that all is of that exactly stuff. what
0: you do in singapore yeah in in that area and i i don't know it just made me remember like I've, I've since been to other places and i feel like singapore is maybe like it wouldn't be like my first choice to go back as the movie kind of nods to it's very kind of wealthy and it's very specific right um But it it, it just, like, tapped into that for me where I remembered how it felt to be, like, dazzled by something. And I think this is a movie that is dazzling. Like, the money is on the screen and the cast is huge. And some of them are dumb and over-the-top caricatures as with any rom-com, right? Some of them are very grounded. Like, I think Constance Wu is a very kind of grounding main character where you feel in her the kind of, like, meet the parents nightmare cranked up to 11 where all of your fears about what if they don't like me get transformed into holy shit they 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 don't don't like like me they don't like me and the world is watching and i'm basically at like the royal wedding right now yeah um and i don't know i just thought the movie navigated that well like there are there are fun side characters like ken jong made me laugh um
1: is just his presence i think made a lot of people laugh
0: yeah, definitely. It, I mean, he was funny. Uh, the whole like Aquafina's family—they're just really good. I thought Aquafina was really good in this. Like between this and Ocean's Eight, I feel like she's having a, a good rising year as like a, funny side character. Um, the male characters who are not funny are like sacks of potatoes. Like don't need to exist here at all. Yeah. I think Henry Golding is like, he is nothing but like pure Nicholas Sparks sexiness. Like other, otherwise, there's nothing to recommend it. Like. There are some conversations between men in this movie where, like, they've just flown a helicopter to an island because, of course, they know how to fly helicopters. Why it, not? It, it,
1: it can't be Nicholas Sparks' sexiness because, like, an ex-husband doesn't have a treehouse fall on them or anything that, like that's that. That's
0: true. That doesn't happen. But they're just, like, two guys <laughs> sitting hunky and shirtless at a bachelor party they escaped from talking, like, so how much are you in love with your significant other? Oh, that would be really hard. <laughs> like yeah. you know, it's very like cliched rom-com. The, the, but... the shot
1: of that being the only little raft bungalow thing in that entire area with the helicopter just perched on the rocks was like amazingly yeah. ridiculous.
0: Yeah, but I, I think like amazingly ridiculous is a good way to characterize how I felt about this movie. It was, it was ridiculous, but it was so big and like insisted upon being seen. It wasn't timid. I don't think it. I don't think it was ever, like, tonally very off. Like, even when it went into wild, ridiculous beats, it had, like, there are lots of giant party scenes with elaborate set pieces, but it, it delivers on those, I think. Like, you feel the razzle-dazzle of it. Uh, there are big emotional moments, like uh, a wedding scene where something might have gotten in my eye, like, just a little bit, nothing crazy. <laughs> and, like, you know, they're they're all broad. Like, this is not a very deep, very serious movie, but I do think it's... it It does well for the genre. I kind of... I feel about this the way I felt about Oceans 8 where like there's all this pressure for it to deliver on the diversity aspect of it. And like, you're, you're afraid of it not delivering because you don't want people to like take this as representative of the whole and just like, you know, never make another movie with an Asian cast. But it pretty quickly becomes clear that like it has its own rhythm. It is confident. And like my fears in that regard went away almost immediately. And for the rest of the movie, I was just pretty dazzled. Like, There are so many. uh, When when the idea of this movie first came out, I admit to thinking like, how many big name Asian stars are they actually going to find for this movie? And the answer is a million. Like there, (laughs) there are so many like good, charismatic people who can anchor a movie. Um, Like I think Constance Wu is really great here as the anchor. I think uh, Eleanor, the mother character, played by uh, Michelle Yeoh from Crouching Tiger, she was really believable as like the kind of Maternal figure who has to be strict, but at the same time, little glimmers of how she really feels come out. Um, I already mentioned the Aquafina Gemma Chan as Astrid, the sister. I thought she had a really like strong, good presence. but I don't know, it was, I, I liked it. it. It's not an amazing movie, but I walk out with like a dumb smile on my face, and I I enjoyed my time there. Very musical too. Like it doesn't surprise me that the director made like step up to the streets and step up 3D, <laughs> and best of all, the Beauty and the Beat music video by Justin Bieber. <laughs> I I can see that this this uh, movie is all I need. It's a beauty and a beat to make my life. I, complete. I could have
1: lived without knowing that was the title of a Justin Bieber
0: video. Buns out, Wiener. Got to keep my eye out for Selena. <laughs> uh,
1: well, thanks for that setup. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, I I I think I, I I think everything that you saw in this film, I saw too from a distance. <laughs> I I just think for me, this was not, (laughs) the film didn't work for me on some level. And I I think that like, I I did have fun with it and I enjoyed the, the comedy aspects of the film. And there were things that I laughed at. And, and I I liked seeing like the craziness of everything and just sort of, um, all the lavish parties and the color and like everything that was, that they were doing to like show what it was like to, to be here was was cool. Mm. Um, I think that uh, it might be possible to go back to previous reviews of rom-coms that we have done, and I, I, in my rom-coms, I prefer films that make grand statements about love, Mm -hmm. um, or at least grand statements about trying. And I think that uh, you know, as as I gave the lead into this to this review and like summarized the trailer, what I expected from this film was a fish out of water story. Where Constance Wu would have to go into this place and um, feel out of place because she's in this like uh, in with this giant family who is like old money and super wealthy and just a, a fish out of water different place like that family is so different than her and she has to fight her way to prove that she's worthy of 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 the mother of the family's son and um that Story's kind of there, but I feel like that story takes a backseat to let's have these lavish parties and kind of show how fun we can have with making this film, which is great. There's merit to that, but I, I just I, I wanted this film to make big statements, and I feel that kind of like I never see Constance Wu as being out of place with that family. Um, the family is extremely wealthy, and her character is not, but. There's never they they don't feel like different classes of people. So it doesn't feel like she's actually trying to fight to maintain her place amongst these people. Um, And I feel that like that isn't like I I, I just feel like the the journey she's going on is is kind of she she, it's it's a journey of like where she's isolated and the mother is saying mean things to her but she ne- that never boils over to a thing that involves other people really it's sort of this like secret little uh war they're having together which is like maybe 15% of this film mm-hmm. and the rest of it is just parties and having fun um which is fine like if this was if this was the hangover uh mm-hmm. crazy drunk hangover movie whatever whatever you would call it um then I would be like, oh, cool, parties, this is having fun. But I was here for the journey of this girl trying to prove to this family that she should be worthy of the family. And I feel that the, the film doesn't deliver on that. Um, but it delivers on lots of other things. and And I'm glad this film... Is made like I, I I could not get a ticket to see this movie. Right, uh, this movie is like selling out theaters around San Francisco. I don't know how it's doing around the country, but like this movie in its opening weekend made all the money back that it cost to make the film. This is awesome. I'm I'm glad that this movie is being so well received. Um, it just isn't the it isn't the film that like draws me into the story because the story isn't kind of the main thrust of the film. Um, mm-hmm. and as a person who, like, unironically enjoys rom-coms <laughs> from time to time, um, this film didn't deliver on what Christopher Schneezy wants in his rom-com. So, yeah, I'm I'm having a difficult time, like, dealing with that uh, when I'm trying to, like, look at my enjoyment level of the film.
0: Yeah. No, I, I can see that. And, like, much like you saw what I saw and it just maybe wasn't enough, I i get what you're saying like i do think constance Wu is a charismatic enough presence that you don't fully believe that she is as out of place in this world of the crazy rich asians as the film maybe wants to present yeah um
1: like i i get her fear of not fitting in that's a hundred percent always there so so that's (laughs)
0: where i think it still works because like yeah, yeah. she isn't – it isn't like the classic Rachel McAdams, but she has glasses on, so she's a nerd and hasn't, like, realized <laughs> her true potential yet. Yeah,
1: like she hasn't put her hair down yet.
0: Like, like, when the movie starts, she is already, like, a badass, cool person. Like, yeah. like, she is a confident person who should be able to, like, knock out of the park whatever meet-the-family <laughs> dynamic you have. So I think the movie establishes pretty early on that Nick's parents are – very crazy and very 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 uptight and like it almost doesn't matter what her personality is it's the fact that she doesn't come from this lifestyle that makes the difference and so that was the one reason that worked for me otherwise i will like totally admit that beats when like let's say oh she's not fighting back but now she has a more fierce dress so now she's gonna fight back like those don't really play well because like you always believe she could have existed in that world if she wanted to
1: yeah and, and it's not like the parties are lavish and exciting But it's not like she's getting criticized for using the wrong fork or Mm -hmm. it's not like Little Mermaid where she's trying to comb her hair with a fork. Right. Like, I don't know why all my examples use forks, but it's just a thing where it's like, oh, I I get that you don't come from the same background. But outside of the mother telling you that repeatedly, I, I don't see a dynamic outside of like insecurity, which it's not a knock on her character because lord knows i have all the insecurities i need um but it's just it's a, it's, a, it's a thing that like i i was waiting for like you know the characters are talking about how like chickens are bitches and let's go get them right bark, bark, uh, bitch. <laughs> yeah like i in that scene I, I i don't see a long journey struggle of fighting back to gain dominance i see like short staccato let's let's do some things sure. so that we can like get to where we want to go by the end of the film type of moments and it's that's not inherently a problem it's Mm -hmm. just i some of my favorite films that are in this genre um involve like grand statements of love and like in, in my head i'm like watching a film where somebody's trying to say that like love is more important than money and love is more important than status and and Family love and new person entering the family. Like we should all be like there, there's mm-hmm. there, there it's ripe for for statements of grandeur that the film isn't concerned with doing, and it just left me a little bit disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, so as much fun as I did have in the moment to moment things or the visuals of like earlier, like the helicopter perched on the like there's yeah. not even a landing strip for the helicopter, but they're just like eh, I, put I, it can, on fly, a rock. I can fly. I can fly. We just put it right here. Like those type of moments are funny and I enjoy seeing it. It's just, I, I keep waiting. I, I'm, I'm waiting for a thing that never happens for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are moments that got me. Um, I don't, I don't know if we need a spoiler section for this episode, but there, there are moments where I got, got, got a little misty. Yeah. Um, a, and I appreciate it. You can, those you can tell me
0: just use like one word. Uh,
1: I'll just give you a color green. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> I saw that coming too far ahead, but <laughs> yeah, I, get uh, it. I, I mean, I definitely feel like, you are like this movie is not saying grand statements about the romantic aspect at all this is like it's where it's using such well-worn romance tropes it's kind of like just hanging that narrative on the scaffolding of like what all the other movies do to the point where to me, if it tried to be like too much about love, it would feel fake because like we all know where that's going. Like from the beginning of the movie, the guy is already like trying to not be that showy and not be that into money, and like it, it's so clear that that would be the choice that he would ultimately make. Yeah.
1: Um, also, can we can we can we can we both admit this guy's a dick for not telling her? Like yeah, he's sure. he's on the plane flying there, and he's like, I mean, yeah, I guess we have like he doesn't prepare her at all.
0: Yeah, I mean. I mean, I don't know if there's a team here, but I'm in the team of uh, his best friend, Charlie, Harry Shum Jr. I think he yeah. should have been the leading man in this movie. I I, I would believe him as less of a dick. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, sure. Like, the, the premise of this movie, he is for sure, like, bringing her into completely uncharted territory for yeah. no good reason at all.
1: And he, he he spends the entire movie oblivious to what's happening. And part of that I put on Constance, Wu, Constance Wu's character for not, like, like she goes, I think your mom hates me. She doesn't say, your mom says horrible shit to me all mm-hmm. the time. And And yeah. I think that, like... You know, people in a relationship should communicate to each other a little bit more. But. but
0: and this is like life instruction moment. If you're bringing a significant other home, you should be like extra worried about them feeling comfortable. Yeah, and know, I know. Especially well. him in that situation. Like he's for sure. He's for sure wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, he's, he's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what he looks like with shirt
0: I think he is like a very bland character that is not given much to do other than like look kind of sexy and be like just naively slick looking. I don't know. that. That's sad. But who cares? Like, the movie just has so many other fun characters. And I think, like, because that rom-com is so well-worn and obvious, I think this movie is right to devote its time to other things. And it's clear that this movie is devoting its time to the party, the big, lavish scenes. I think it's also devoting its time to just showing, like, the array of characters that can exist in this Asian rom-com. Like, wh- when I first knew that jimmy yang he was in the trailer i think and i saw him being like the drunk kind of wacky awkward guy i was like oh no is is it gonna do these stereotypes right like this feels like the one like him and ken jong kind of feel like the one asian character that would be in any other movie yeah who are being like over the top or a little bit of too much this or too much that but it pads it out with like so many other people i think i just enjoyed it even, even the characters that are stereotypes like the like the extremely, uh, extremely like flamboyant cousin Oliver. Yeah. Like, I thought he worked in this movie. Like, just because I'd never seen like an Asian character playing that role before, and there were so many of those. It, uh, maybe you have. You're giving me a look. <laughs> I felt like there were so there. There was just like such an array of the like way that people can be, and this movie gave so much screen time to all of these different characters like i was looking through the imdb list and i could scroll down like 15 people and still remember characters there like there are a lot of people in this movie that get a lot to do and i think the if it's making a grand statement it it's like more angled just towards hollywood of like hey we can you know we can play all of these roles like like we can do all of this and i think there was there was joy to be had there and i think like they're definitely in jokes, too, that were not meant for me, so I didn't really get them. Like, a, not just jokes. I'm sure, like, the mahjong scene probably has a lot of symbolism in like, the meaning of the certain things that they're flipping over. And there are, like, references to the way parents are and the difference between, like, the immigrant parents and the parents back at home and what yeah. a good son is supposed to do. And I, I like seeing that. Like, I think the movie is... The rom com is the excuse, and the heart of the movie is like just getting to explore all these different things and just having you spend two hours navigating it. But at the end of the day, like it, I don't know, it wasn't the kind of like I have to like this because it's the diverse movie with the Asian cast. Let me find a silver lining. Like I just had fun with it. Like I haven't seen like a big boisterous rom com like that in a long time, and I don't know. I found that surprisingly enjoyable given how like cynical I am about everything all the time. <laughs> I will say, though, this and five-year engagement both have this weird idea that being a professor means you do, like, flashy little gimmicks at the beginning of the first day of class (laughs) that I I don't – can that myth just, like, die? That's not what being a professor means.
1: Well, obviously, you just had bad (laughs) friends.
0: Yeah, you're right. Well, because these professors in these movies, like, their class must be five minutes long. Like, it's always the end of the lecture when they do that. But it I don't know. Yeah. Tiny little nitpick. Another nitpick. Also,
1: how long were they playing poker during that class to reach the point where that
0: would happen? Just like 50 minutes of watching them silently play poker. Also,
1: hold on. That guy folds. He wasn't all in. If he was all in, he would have stayed in because why would you fold when you're all in? So the game wasn't actually done. right that's beyond the point beyond the point
0: and maybe they were just playing one hand they weren't playing a whole game in which case again that's the the fallacy that because you're smart and good at games you will automatically win one hand of poker which yeah. is not the way Well, it works. she
1: does teach game theory mm-hmm. so
0: i know i know just like uh, uh psych- psychology professor emily blunt proves that kids want to eat marshmallows. It's always, like, the most obvious version of whatever it is so people can latch onto it. But I digress. I digress. If I can go on another secondary rant, I don't even remember the line anymore, so this is such a dumb rant to have, but there's a thing in, like, alt comedy now of the last 10 years where a joke will be of the form, like, oh, that, that looks like... And then name a real thing and then name an abstract thing. Like, oh, you smell like... Perfume and loneliness, or oh, that looks like. And then this movie did that like three times, and I didn't. But every every movie does it. I don't care. (laughs) That's my rant. That's a hack premise. We need to stop making that joke.
1: (laughs) All right. Um.
0: I like the music in this movie.
1: Like all the covers.
0: Yeah, all all the covers. Like, like my Misty I'd seen was at the wedding when I can't stop falling in love with you. She's the girl up front is singing that song even though like what's happening in that scene is very like ridiculous yeah like the guy is mouthing things that make me feel like a bad boyfriend (laughs) 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 but i I still felt it i I just felt all like the highs and lows this got me in the rom-com mode yeah (laughs) i i enjoyed it uh for what it was i don't think this is like making a grand anything i don't think it's like quote highbrow like this is definitely like a crowd-pleasing affair that isn't aiming for that it's very like aughts oh, it's very like cheesy enjoyable rom-com with a ton of colorful characters and yeah
1: i yeah i mean it, my my audience enjoyed it thoroughly uh, it was a fully packed house at like a theater that is almost never packed um <laughs> and i think that uh it, it is it is crowd-pleasing um i like my cheese uh, a certain like on the side of uh sappy romantic stuff um mm-hmm. and i think this cheese is more the other side of the cheese um uh, the cheese wheel if you will um so yeah I, th- I think for me it didn't deliver on the thing that i signed up for i guess mm-hmm. um but yeah as a as a little party movie i think it does uh, well enough to have fun in those ways
0: yeah i i agree
1: All right, so Steven almost just choked on his beverage. um, I'm alive, everybody. Yeah, he's alive, uh, which is great. Um, I don't remember exactly what we were talking about, but uh, if I can jump back to the boyfriend, um, not to get too spoilers, but uh, the boyfriend character brings something to the wedding that I feel like you don't bring if you're the best man at the wedding. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I just feel that, like, it doesn't help anybody. No, if you're gonna do that sort of thing at a wedding, mm-hmm. especially
0: not your own wedding. Yeah, I don't know what I, his plan was there. Yeah,
1: I, I, I feel like, I, I feel like, I feel like that is sort of there to sh- sort of show his mindset without him having to say his mindset um, with where their relationship is at. But it just, it just mm-hmm. felt like one of those things where I was like, I was like, I don't know a lot about that sort of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I
0: think a, like a related kind of failing of the movie is. I don't get from this movie an understanding of why she would want to be with him. I get what she brings to the table. Like, she has plenty of scenes that get to show her being smart and witty and her being, like, cool and her, her being a fun presence. Yeah. He just— because He, just he doesn't, has an accent. Yeah, he doesn't get anything to do <laughs> an except the British, British. accent. <laughs> for, for, for the record. And maybe that's enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it, like, the movie doesn't do enough for me to understand why, like, to her, this relationship working is such a, like— Deeply important, devastating thing. Yeah. I, like I kind of feel like that character. You know, she's a year in or something like that, and a big thing happens, and she realizes this person isn't who she thought. I kind of be like, okay, peace out. I'm gonna go back to being like a cool professor at NYU. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll be fine.
1: And, and yeah, we 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 don't see. uh We we don't really see their relationship over the past year, but we do only see his like non-realization of what she's going through while hanging out with the rest of the family yeah um so it's kind of sad also if he's so rich why does he always uh eat her dessert
0: <laughs> that's a good question
1: i mean this is these are important questions
0: i want to say also i want to be in the first class that looks like that <laughs> uh
1: are you saying you haven't flown in a plane like that Stephen?
0: i have never flown in a plane like that no
1: okay um yeah i mean that that was uh that was a pretty rad first class i'm not gonna lie um the only first class I ever see is the one I walk through on a regular plane <laughs> to go back to my exit road seat.
0: <laughs> well, one thing I did enjoy is um, it's like a throwaway gag. But one of Nick's brothers is like an aspiring film producer or film creator. And I felt like there, there was like a just like a three minute cutaway or something that hinted at like if the movie wanted to, it could have gone all out in like classic hong kong-y cinema like i, I, I don't know I, I thought there was something i i enjoyed that i felt like there was some throwaway gag there chris is looking at me skeptically so I, I
1: i apparently missed the gag um that doesn't mean it wasn't there mm. it just means that uh i was not picking up what you were putting down there
0: i also like that um Gemma Chan's character gets to look at like a big diamond which brings us back to oceans 8 again which Aquafina already reminded me of. So we're all living in the same shared universe now, <laughs> the Aquafina universe.
1: There was just no glasses to scan the diamond to yeah. uh, figure out how to steal it. So she it. just had to buy it. Yeah.
0: What's a million dollars?
1: <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we're probably ready to wind down this episode. Uh, so what do you say we get to our verdict? So, Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must see, a reckon with the caveat, wait for rental, pass the caveat, or a must avoid, what would you give it?
0: I'm going to give this a gentle must see. like i i don't think this is again like incredibly highbrow i don't think it's making grand statements but i think for what it was doing which was being a fun lively silly kind of throwback romantic comedy i had a really good time with it and again i think it's like very cool to see a all asian cast pull this off uh, i'm glad to see that it's performing well and i think it's just a good thing to celebrate because it it, it, it just represents a good change in Hollywood to start to acknowledge yeah. along with Black Panther and Ocean's Sade and everything else that like, we can do this and it isn't ham-fisted. Like, it works totally well. There's plenty of talented people out there. So I, I had a lot of fun with it. It definitely exceeded my expectations. And I think if you go in expecting just something fun and you don't need something that's going to touch your heart in like a very existential <laughs> way, the way Chris wants to I then get it, gonna, Steven. <laughs> you're going to have a good time.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give a re- recommend with a caveat. Um, it, it, it didn't do the things that I wanted it to do. Um, it didn't really pull me in as, as I expected it could possibly do. But like, as you said, like this is there, there was a bidding war for this film. And Netflix did their best to try to take this film and make it a Netflix film. Um, and the filmmakers were like, no, we want to give it a wide theatrical release um because we're gonna get turnout for it and it's gonna be worth it and the opening weekend proved that to be true um 30 million dollar budget 34 million dollar opening like this movie has paid for itself and has proven to the studios that like um an all-asian cast can lead a film that like it's it's this is a film that you should go out and see um just to encourage more films of this uh of this type to get made um so yeah, it's I, I can't I can't knock it um for being an entertaining film um that drew in huge crowds this weekend. So go forth and see this film. <laughs>
0: go forth. <laughs> bok bok bitch. One throwaway gag I liked was when Aquafina pops her trunk and there's like four different outfits that she has <laughs> including what? walk of shame
1: yeah the walk of shame one got me like it was it was kind of funny and then just like the fact that she has a walk of shame outfit I was like all right golf club that's yeah. pretty good <laughs> um, but anyways uh, yes yeah, so that'll be the end of this ep- uh, review of the podcast um so it's, it's not a review of the podcast you can I'm gonna give a review of the
0: podcast five stars. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, yeah, so this is the end of the podcast. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where is it that they may do that?
0: Uh, they can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or s sdavidmiller.com.
1: Uh, people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopher irl. You can find the podcast over at thewarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you'd like to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. Uh, if you want to know the episodes to go live you can follow us at twitter.com slash or like us at facebook.com slash the if you want to get a hold of us directly you can send an email to fans at the or use the contact form on our site music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to crazy rich asians so hopefully you hopefully you are enjoying that and uh yeah that is this review um i have no idea what's coming out this weekend Um, But we will be seeing something most likely.
0: Oh, yeah. We'll we'll be there.
1: (laughs) And we will bring you another review. So get ready for that. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next time.
0: Bye.